Good evening and welcome to Olosa Fumar Takes. This is our 258th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplessis, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. This is going to be a show that I've been looking forward to for such a long time, and I know you guys hear me say great things a lot in introductions, but this is one that I've truly been waiting for. I literally met with this man in his office asking for this opportunity months ago, and here we are. It is a culmination of just wonderful events, and we are about to get started. But before we get inter- uh, get to introductions of the guest of honor tonight, we do have to thank the people that, that, that make this show possible, and that, of course, is our sponsor. And tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate has done it once again. The, pain, the famous Vitola, the Papas Freitas, is now available. Available in the H99 blend. Yes, the H, the Liga Provider H99, which stormed onto the market just a couple of years ago, is now in that very familiar and very popular size known as Papas Fritas. So the H Liga Provider H99 Papas Fritas is now available at a Drew Diplomat retailer near you. Grab some H99 Papas Fritas today and smoke them. So and enjoy them and uh, yeah, do some more of that. So without. Uh, that is going to be available any Drew Diplomat retailer uh, for those H99 Papas Fritas. And welcome, everyone. This is our 258th take. And it's with, it is with absolute pleasure that I introduce tonight's guest, sponsored by United Cigars. Smoke one today and start living united. Mr. Nicholas Perdomo III of Perdomo Cigars. Nicholas, how are you doing tonight? There, thank you for having me. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm, this, this is something that I've been waiting for for a long time. Um, and I'm, I'm so pleased that you could join me tonight. Um, you know, we actually had this conversation earlier this year and it was, it was right, it was right before, it was right before the, the birth of your, uh, birth of your daughter. So that's, uh, uh, I knew that we had to plan it out a little bit further cause got to get accustomed to that new lifestyle, man. How's it, how's, uh, how's, uh, how's dad life treating you? The best man. It's the greatest blessing, greatest blessing I've ever had in my life. Um, it's it's the best. I have nothing else to say about yeah. that. <laughs> it it is it it really is inspiring, man. I mean, I've 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 been a parent now for eight years, and um, like even like when we were jumping on, and I was telling you how I was playing a I was playing a card game with them. You know, I mean, there's just it. As great as you feel now, just it, it's crazy to think it's it gets better. It yeah, gets better. it's crazy. My dad says it all the time. And every day it gets better. It really does. It's wonderful. Congratulations again, man. That's awesome. Thank you, bro. So, so um, I, it's really, it's really funny about, it's really funny about moments sometimes, like snapshots, you know, like I was talking about the card game and you, you kind of had one before you started. I asked if, you know, I asked if she was asleep and you were like, no, it looks like they're awake. And I could tell you you're having like a little bit of a moment. You're, I know you wanted to, be, I know you want to be in there with them. So, um, so uh um and everything but uh she's winding down she's ready to go to bed yeah exactly but i appreciate yeah like i said i appreciate you doing the show tonight it just it's been so much to me but it's funny about those moments and everything i i, I had the i think i was telling i was definitely i was talking to your dad over text message and i was telling you a little bit before the show i had the opportunity to be in scotland uh last month uh a few weeks before the trade show and everything it's crazy that it, was, it feels like it was a lifetime ago, but it was only it was only a month ago that I was there, and and I was on the famed old course at St Andrews, and uh, um, uh, and I was like 
and I didn't know anything. I've never been to St. Andrews. I was like, but I was there. Like when they said that we could walk across the fame bridge and like uh, take pictures. And I was like, fuck it. I'm lighting a cigar. Someone's going to make me throw it out. I don't care. I'm lighting a cigar and I'm, that's what I'm going to do. So like I grabbed the cigar. I had, you know, take, I had taken cigars obviously uh, on my trip and everything. And I grabbed, I grabbed a Perdomo 20th anniversary Connecticut. And I'll tell you why I did. Okay. And I knew it was blasphemy. And I know your dad's going to hate me for saying this. I knew because like, I, I figured they were going to tell me to pitch it, which would have sucked. Like, I obviously want to enjoy the cigar. But I was like, I need a It's windy in Scotland. I was like, I need a cigar that lights. I need a cigar that burns. <laughs> I need a cigar that's going to taste amazing. And I know that three criteria was going to be met. So that's why I grabbed that one. And I knew it was going to suck if I had to throw it out. But the great part was, is no one cared. Awesome. I, I no one cared. I got to light it up. I got to enjoy it. I we walked up and down the 18th hole right across the bridge. I took some photos. Uh, got to enjoy the. We got to enjoy it, man. It was it was, it was fantastic, and it was what a great experience, man. It was so it's so much fun. Thanks for choosing Perdomo. Appreciate. Of course. It. Where where where's a like? Is there been a place like a like a famous place or something like that that like you that uh, that you that you got to smoke? Like I don't know. From the Eiffel Tower or something like that. Any anywhere that I know, because I know you've I know you've traveled a little bit here and there. Um, I mean, I, I'm in Rome, you know, outside, not in, but outside, like the Colosseum area. Um, you know, walking around. I mean, historic places. I was there last year with my wife um, when we found out she was pregnant, which was pretty cool. And uh, I mean, that's pretty much. I mean, I've been. Yeah, I've been so blessed. I've been so many places. I'm sure I've been with my dad. I just got to think about it. But I mean, currently, I mean, most recently, I would say it's in Rome, you know, outside of some of the most beautiful places, you know. Isn't it crazy just how old everything is over there? 2,480 years, I, I believe. Uh, yeah, it's just nuts. It's just crazy. Yeah. Amazing, amazing place. Like, yeah, everything that we saw was like, you know, like built in like a thousand there. We saw we my, you know, my wife saying it and at Sterling Castle, which is a thousand years old. Right. You know, wow. um, you know, St. Andrews is, is is not too much younger than that. I mean, it was just it's crazy. Like you said, Rome is so old too. like it. It's nuts. Like the, the let's just like to paint this into perspective, like your family has been in the cigar business for you are now the fourth generation yeah. spanning over well over a hundred years, which is a hell of a long time. And that's, that's something that's like new in Europe, <laughs> like a hundred year old building is something that's new. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. True. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's awesome. Uh, what was your, what was your, cause I know, I know that's like, um, cause I know your, your family, your family uh, is originally from Italy, right? And they might, they came to Cuba is how that counts. Well, no, originally my family is from Spain. They're from the Canary Islands. Okay. Okay. It was, either, it was my great, great uh, grandfather, um, great, great grandparents who came to Cuba. Okay. So, yeah. So what was your, what was your favorite part of Rome? I would have to say St. Peter's Basilica, going to the, the Vatican. Oh. And that was the most beautiful place I've ever seen in my life. Um, that was my second time going there. 
but going with my wife and we went with some family friends. It was really special. It's beautiful. Yeah, I've. Oh, uh, it's such a it's such an awe inspiring sight. I just oh uh, everything uh, there's there's so much to love about like the Vatican, just how how much beautiful how beautiful it is, the history and everything. It's crazy. So. Um, well, I know, I know I'm itching too. I, I'm pretty sure you probably are too. Um, I'd like to light up one of these cigars that you were able to get me. Uh, and thank you so much again. Uh, I'm so excited for the opportunity to smoke the all new Perdomo 30th anniversary with you. So we've got, of course, Connecticut sun grown and Maduro options here. And as is a tradition here on, on LS Fumar takes my guest picks the cigar for me. So, uh, um, um, I will smoke whichever one you would like me to smoke with you tonight. I'm, I'm excited for it. So you have more 30th anniversary than I do. So the only 30th I have with me is the 30th Sun Grown. So we're going to light and cut our brand new 30th anniversary Sun Grown. Okay, so we're doing Sun Grown? Perfect. Perfect. So I told you, I like, I, I told you that we, this, for everyone else tuning in, like this is an honest organic moment. I told uh, Nicholas was like telling me, he's like, well, I can tell you which one I'm going to pick. And I said, no, 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 we'll do it organically. It's fine. I said, I have tidbits on all of them. And so, um, so here's the story about, about my history with uh, Perdomo cigars and sun groans. So I can almost for universally say that with the, so the, the double age 12 year is the only, is probably the only blend where I don't prefer, if there's a sun-grown Connecticut per, com, uh, offering, where I don't prefer this, where I don't prefer the sun-grown over the Connecticut. So the double age, I prefer the Connecticut over the sun-grown. Pretty much everything else, the sun-grown is like my jam. I love all three of them, but the sun-grown is totally my jam. So I'm I'm super excited. I was hoping you would pick it, but I didn't want to sway you anyway. I would have smoked anything. I'm so honored to have this opportunity with you. So, but thank you so much. So. And I'm glad this is a special cigar bear. It's 15-year-age tobaccos. It's the brand that's in honor of my parents, my mother, and my father, and, and 30 years of being in business. And it's really the best of the best in terms of materials and tobaccos. Um, we cannot make a better cigar in terms of really just a, what goes into this blend. It's something so special. And our vice president, Arthur Kemp, myself, we had a lot on our shoulders because we actually surprised my dad and my mom with this brand at the PCA trade show this year. They saw it the night before uh, the first day of the trade show. So we had a lot going into going into this. I mean, we gave my dad cigars prior. Um, so, you know, we, we had him initially sign off in terms of the blends. Um, and so, but he never saw the packaging literally up until the last night. Uh, before the first day of the show, so it's um, it's something we're really proud of. I'm just thankful that he he loves it too. So, I like I know you've you've come s such a long way in the business, and obviously he's your son and he loves you. And I know Arthur's family at this point. How? Did, but I know how your dad is about everything being hands on with everything. How did how did you guys convince him to 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 allow you to surprise him like this? That was Arthur's doing. So, I mean, my dad and Arthur Kemper, I, I compare it to the Lennon and McCartney, you know, and, you know that's a dynamic duo. And Arthur has a way, and, you know, Arthur said, listen, this is important to me being, you know, working with you for so many years, and this is our 30th anniversary, which is 
a very big deal to be in business for 30 years. This is something I want to, I want to work on and I want to surprise you and Janine and really it was him giving the best that he had. And I really believe that he struck gold in terms of the design, in terms of the packaging. And, you know, we really worked hard in terms of who we were able to allot this product to customers and, you know, really our business partners, guys we've been doing business with 10, 20 plus years. So we're very, you know, this, this is uh this is such a special project. And since from the time Marker started with the artwork all the way to now being able to, to show the brand, it's really just been a pleasure and just a joy. It's just so happy to share 30 years with, with our customers, our business partners and our, and, our, and, the, and the, the end consumer. I, I, I gotta tell you, I, I love the packaging um and the labeling of it you said that you i wanted to go so since we're smoking sungra you said you had the box i'd love i'd love for the audience to take a look at the box here this is i got i had the opportunity a couple weeks ago uh, to uh to see it at the trade show but man i mean this is just this is just this is beautiful so yeah go ahead and throw hold it up to the camera so this is this is the sun grown i got a little glare sorry about this 30th anniversary so Perdomo shows the date, 1992, 2022, and then 30 years. And then this is the inside of the cigar Churchill size. So you see the different metals. These were old Cuban metals from, from exhibitions of awards from different countries. So, you know, this is a brand that it's, it's new. It looks different from it's Perdomo, but it's not. Um, it's new in terms of the type of design and art again, did a tremendous job, knocked it out of the park, but it pays homage to, I think our family going back to my great grandfather, my grandfather, um, to the days of Cuba to today. So I, I, I see there's a blend in terms of, you know, tying everything together as a family, 30 years of being in business in the United States and going back to Cuba and with the art, things like that. So it's something that I'm really proud of. It's something I love. And Arthur, again, did a tremendous job. This is the Maduro. So black box with blue, again, with the foil. Oh, God. I love it. Different metals. And this is the shelf talker. And you can really see it. Absolutely pops. So it's something that, you know, just absolutely gorgeous, beautiful Maduro wrappers. And we have last but not least our Connecticut. So it has the black seal. So kind of like a like a light blonde type of color to the wood. Really beautiful mm -hmm. wood body grain. This is Connecticut. Box press, by the way. So all three blend box press. So it's a nice box press Connecticut. So we're really proud of this and the cigars are special. They're soft, you know, in terms of the blend. When you look at 20th anniversary versus 30th anniversary, a lot of the questions I've gotten is, well, really, what's the difference? I would say the tobaccos in 30th are a little softer. I mean, you know, 20th anniversary, we utilize eight-year-age tobaccos, wrapper, binder, filler leaves, and this tobacco literally have 15-year-age tobaccos. So, I mean, it's a softer blend. Like my dad says, this is like our Macau 55. This is really the best of the best in terms of age. And it's just, it's amazing how we've been able to take these tobaccos, having them proper, 
humidity, keeping them in the proper, um, just proper humidity controlled areas where we're able to do this tobacco. It hasn't lost any flavors. There's still, there's still punch to it. There's still tremendous aroma. There's tremendous flavors. So it's a cigar that's still, even with that well-aged type of tobacco, it's 15 year age tobacco, which no one has that type of tobacco really in terms of inventory, being able to release a full line. And again, going, this is kudos to my dad for seeing, you know, going back so many years, buying more tobacco, you know, 15, 20 plus years ago, buying more and more tobacco than we ever needed because he always wanted to keep well-aged inventories for one day, like today. Now we have our 30th anniversary where we're able to utilize tobaccos like this in blend. So, you know, this is just, it's tremendous. Yeah. I, I was so excited about this project and we've, we've kind of talked about it. I think, you know, it seems like forever now, but you know, in true Perdomo fashion, you guys don't release anything till it's, till it's absolutely perfect and ready. And um, I mean, just few, few puffs into this. um, And I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You can taste like the difference between like other sun grown products from Perdomo. I think softer is a really good way of describing it. But there's this this I can I I do a lot of age experimentation, Nicholas, with my cigar collection and stuff, and I like to see where cigars smoke, you know, down the line. You can take you can taste this is aged. Like you can hate you can there there's I I'm really good with my words usually and I'm really good at like describing how flavors taste on my palate. But there's something about aged tobacco that like you know it when you smoke it. It's just one of those things, like you can just taste it. And this is this is ter- this is absolutely terrific. Um, so far, I'm I'm I was so excited about tonight. You know, I was excited about our conversation, but I was so excited to share a cigar with you and to share these cigars with you. So, thank you again for this opportunity. Um, thank so, you. I really love what you guys are doing with the. I mean, to go back to the packaging though, I love what you guys are doing with that deep blue. Like you don't see that. You guys put that on the lot twenty-three. Of course, it was on the 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 tenth anniversary releases that you did uh during COVID. The spins off of that. Um the red and the blue just really work. Is it what I've and I know I've I've answered I've asked this question before and i I really apologize for not remembering the answer, but is there a significance to that? Um, you know, because I mean you really I mean you see Blue blue is becoming a little bit more popular, but the deep blue that you guys are using, I think, is incredibly unique. Is there a reason the blue uh, you guys chose that? Well, so I mean, going back, so you know, when we repackaged Lot Twenty Three and we were going to introduce Tenth Anniversary of Maduro, I mean, going back, you know, blue is it's my dad's favorite color, but it was always a color that never really did well in terms of sales. So we were a little bit hesitant, and Arthur, just the, the different color the different blues that he chose especially with lot 23 but really with the blue that he chose with with our Perdomo 10th anniversary maduro um you know it was a risk you know and the, when we thought about it, we're coming out with a cigar it's got blue in the packaging but it's just there's he just has such an eye for the different tones and how it prints and how it prints and how it it, it, it complements the foils within within the bands, within the vistas, within all the artwork. So, you know, it's something that worked because it's not, it's not a neon blue. It's not a very vibrant. It just, it's subtle. And when you look at 30th anniversary of the blue, 
it's got that royal blue. It just it goes so well with the powdered golds. It goes well with the holograph, the holographic, you know, the foil and things like that. So it's it's something that I'm happy we're doing because originally it's always been, you know, you know, we always put black on darker type of cigars, but I think the blue pops more. I think it, you know, when you're in a humidor, I think you see it from farther away. Um, just it just gives a little bit more of a pop in the sh on the shelf. So I think it was a great decision by Arthur. Absolutely. I now I remember it was you know that that's what that's what it was. It was, it was your dad's favorite color. But I remember talking about the strategy around blue using it and how it was a risk, you know, compared to the market at the time. Now you're starting to see it. So maybe you guys are just, you know, you guys are trendsetters, you know, not so, but I, I yeah, but I, I, but it's a deep, like there's no one else is using that color blue. It's like that, that it's very deep. It's just a deep blue that it just, oh God, it just looks beautiful. I also really like the black on the use on the Connecticut too. That, that contrast really, really works well. And I think this might be like, like, a little bit over the top too, but I think it also, it signifies to, I haven't smoked the 30th Connecticut yet, so I can't tell you like if this matches the flavor profile, but what I like about it in other, especially one of my, my favorite cigars is the double H 12 Connecticut. We were talking about that earlier was like that cigar. I'm like, my eyes are glazing over just thinking about how awesome it is. Like that cigar is so incredibly deep in flavor and that's not a mild cigar. Like it's incredibly full flavored and it has body to it. It has strength to it. Uh, it's not, it's not overpowering, which makes it just what I love so much about it. But that's, I, I love, I love the, the, how the black contrasts with it. It's, it's really, really well done too. Thank you. Yeah. It was something, there's tons of gold in this brand. I mean, even when you look at the, I know you have a sun room, but you see, you know, it's red, but there's so much gold. So, it made sense for us to use the black. It's weird to put gold on gold on gold that, that you would lose that contrast. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, just having the black on the Connecticut is totally different. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll hold that up here again. Like you can see it even through the cellophane, like how, like you said, like the gold on gold on gold would have been too much. But that that just that little black, especially on the back, too, it just really separates it out and really makes the makes the label pop. It's really cool really does so um so i again i know that i know your dad set off on the blend and everything how involved were you in the blending process of the cigar so arthur and i we went through and we blended the cigar along with our team in nicaragua um we actually gave the cigars to my dad in the end uh naked um with no band of course or anything like that so we did go through the blending process we wanted to make a cigar again utilizing 15-year-age tobaccos and making sure that the blend was soft but had balance, had finesse, and also had that a little, that, you know, the Nicaraguan flavor where you have some some strength, but again, it balance. So, you know, I think we achieved it. And my dad initially, because we're always going to keep my dad involved in terms of the blending of the cigar. Um, he has to sign off on it. Every, every brand we have, every cigar we make, blended by my dad and uh even though he didn't necessarily blend the cigar himself he proved the cigar and if, and if the cigar wasn't to his liking trust me he would have changed it so <laughs> glad that we're on the same page so that um we're already in the thick of it here but i do not need to mention this is tonight's major point we are talking about the 30th anniversary of perdomo cigars and uh we're 
with tonight's major point is always brought to you by the people. Yes, cigar people, people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Phoebe Cousins, Protocol has always been about honor passion and yes the people it's what their life's work has been and always will be about power of the p protocol cigars so as we're talking about this project nicholas the the thing that really kind of stands out to me too i I just kind of want to go back to this because like i i think it's so cool but that had to be i mean well i don't know i mean i'll just ask it i mean how since your father hadn't seen it until like literally the night before you guys go on the trade show floor to showcase it to, to the world you know how like, were you, were you nervous? Were you like, like what, what were those motions like right before he saw it for the first time? I wasn't nervous because I knew how, so going back a little bit, I actually saw the brand five weeks, six weeks before my dad saw it. Arthur is literally, he's been working on this brand for three years and he showed no one. He showed absolutely no one. So it was kind of a relief for him to show it to someone. I remember him telling me, man, I feel so relieved showing you because at the end of the day, I was, I told him, I said, you know, I'm never, I'm not going to tell my dad. It's a surprise. It's an honor of him. It's an honor of my mother, our family, 30 years. I'm never going to say anything, but let me see it. Cause I was pushing him also. I'm dying to see it, but I wasn't so nervous um, because it was, I knew my dad would love it. It's just, it's Perdomo. Um, it's different in terms of some of the old school, packaging Cuban-esque things from when my family was in the industry, you know, many, many years ago, 70 plus years ago in Cuba and today, you know, our type of artwork. So I knew my dad would love it. And what was really cool was is we showed him the brand and my mother at Delmonico Steakhouse and the Venetian. And we had uh, Dave Garofalo with us. And so it was pretty cool, you know, having not only just him, you know, my parents, but also having Dave and Ned Santa Maria, his right hand. So it was, it was great. But Arthur was the one who I think was very nervous because you can imagine, you know, 36 plus months of, you know, hiding something from my dad, which has never happened and probably will never happen again. Um, (laughs) You know, but it was, uh, it was incredible watching my dad open that box. I can still see it like it was yesterday. Um, My dad's usually not, a loss of words many times as you know but he was uh he was he took it all in man he really loved it so it was just we're very happy that's awesome i i oh god to be a fly on that wall 30 i mean 30 years of such like rich history we were talking about this before we talked about the show i, I love i've had the opportunity to interview your dad a couple of times i've had the opportunity to uh, interview arthur which was a real real treat and then now tonight is just a, a huge honor for me. I I love going back in your family's history because um there's just it's so it's so it's so like the word rich does not really describe it. It's kind of an understatement, but it really is. Like it's just there's there's a rich family history there that goes back even back even the, the generations, you know, like what your your father has done for this industry, what his you know, what his dad has done for this industry, like even beyond the Perdomo name is just unbelievable um i this was something new that i i hadn't known but I, so and i wanted to talk to you about this this so your your great grandfather and grandfather actually like moved pretty high up before they left cuba moved pretty high up in the ranks at the part the the, the partagas and h upman factories right they were 
they were pretty yeah. high up in production. Rival. They were rivals. Um, my grand, my great grandfather was at Partagas. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was at H. Upman. Um, my great grandfather's brother was Minister of Tobacco, Jose Perdomo. They actually have a book on him, uh, all in Spanish. Um, you know, I mean, we were we were very heavily involved in the industry. And you know, after of course what happened after 1959, going into 60. My grandfather defected in 62, um, came to Washington, D.C. My great-grandfather, he got out of prison. He was a political prisoner in Cuba. I believe he, he came to the United States in 1972. He was 72 or 73. Uh, he was held in a, he was a political prison for 13 years. Um, so, I mean, when my family came to the United States, um, we had nothing. And, you know, my dad... He just—he was so inspired his whole life from hearing the stories from my grandfather, hearing the stories from my great grandfather, you know, about the good old days. Um, you know, that's what really ignited a fire inside my dad. And he wanted to continue. Mm-hmm. So it was special. So, so you're. You know, as the story goes, your 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 father starts this starts this company in his garage. You were nine months old, if that, when this. No, I was well. I mean, when my dad started, I mean, my dad started a couple months before I was born. Oh, before you were born, even yeah, and that's when he yeah he was holding down like basically working twenty four hours around the clock, air traffic controller because yeah that's a stress free job, and, and then moonlighting and always starting a cigar company. Um, dad said, my dad always said air traffic controlling for him was like playing a video game without having to put a quarter in. That was his. <laughs> freak out when they talk about, oh, I'm an air traffic controller. He's always been calm, cool, and collected. I, I can see that. Like, I can see that now. Like, the, like because I, I knew about your, you know, his history in the Navy and everything. I, uh, for whatever part of that, for the part of his, his life that I, I had maybe missed that part about him being an air traffic controller, but I'm like, that all makes sense now having to got to know him pretty well over the last few years. I'm like, yeah, like I could see him being the, the, the calm, cool and collected side. Cause it's a stressful job. And yeah, yeah I mean, he's like, Oh, I got, I got 20, I got 21 seconds. I got two, seven, you know, two, seven thirty sevens coming right at each other. Uh, and you know, let me, let me move them. Let me back to the, you know, let me, Take him this way, you know, this degree, that degree. like nothing. He talks about the stories. I go, man, I was if I had three, you know, one plane's got a couple hundred people, you know, about to die, I'd be, I'd be kind of freaking out. But that's my dad. He's, uh, <laughs> he's nothing, nothing phases my dad. It's crazy. So I, I saw this, at a, I saw this, this old picture of Nick Cigar Company, uh, the old, the original corporate headquarters after the outside after you guys moved out of the garage. The one yep. on Flagler Street. Yeah, Flagler and, Street. Yeah. yeah, I remember you talking to you. It was a really cool. It's the if anyone out there has not checked out the Perdomo YouTube channel, you need to. Great interview. Your dad interviewing you. Yeah. And you, you were t- and you were talking about how you remember, like even as a young, even as a young boy, remember that location specifically, like down to like the tiles on the floor and everything, and just how how reminiscent of it was it like for you and everything. Looking back, you know, as, as an adult, you know, you obviously recognize the significance about like where y'all start and where you're coming from and, you know, everything. But at the time, like, what was it like, you know, you know, going to work, you know, going to work with your family and, and 
you know, obviously you weren't working at, you know, at three years old. I don't know. Your dad might've been putting you to work, but, <laughs> but what was yeah, that like? I ran around. It was like my playground. Um, you know, to me, it was huge. And it's funny, you know, my wife, she grew up in that area. It's a, you know, Cuban, you know, Cuban, basically part of little Havana when you really look at it. And, you know, I said, Hey, sweetie, let's, we were going out. This is probably about six, seven years ago. I said, Hey, let's, let me show you my dad's old factory. You know, we used to rent this place on Flagler Street, 7111. And so whenever I go in, I get out of the car and I walk to the door. And I go, Man, this thing was like a shoebox. As a kid, I remember I thought it was huge. Like in my mind, you know, man, this was a big place. My goodness, man, where my dad, I, I, it, it hit me. I said, man, how far my dad's come. Um, you know, just determination, um, betting on yourself. Never, ever, ever, ever giving up. That was the lesson I always learned in life, man, from my dad. Don't give up, you know. And I would always think when there were things, when it was things in school or whatever, sport, I, I said, man, you know, I'm going to throw the towel in. You know, I'm, I'm done, whatever. I always, back in my mind, I always think of my dad. Man, my dad never quit. You know, I'm, I'm not going to quit. So I never wanted to quit because I wanted to be like my dad. And it's funny, my dad, was the guy when he came in the industry he was the guy who was supposed to not make it that's who he was and i got a phone call a couple of weeks ago from a tobacconist our first customer a guy by the name of jack pennington from pennington cigar and my dad went to visit him and started talking with him and you know jack told me he said nicholas i knew there was something about your dad it was your dad just had this personality that he was gonna he was gonna take over and and he go he, he was like you know what the guy just started and I believed in him because there was just something about him that I knew he would deliver for me. I knew he would come through. And I just, I believed in him. He was a young guy. Was, you know, my dad was 30, you know, 27 years old. Um, he was younger than me at, you know, at this time. You know, yeah, I was and, just going to say, yeah. It's and, crazy. you know, he was just like, man, there was just something about your dad I believed in. And I just remember saying, yeah, you know, my dad, it was, it was a store of time. That's how we built this. We, you know, my dad always says we, we, we beat the shoe leather. And he just never quit, man. Guys would tell him no, tell him no, and then say, okay, fine. Because just of his, his persistence and just never quitting, never giving up, never, ever, ever give up. That's just my dad. It's um, – I've had this opportunity, like, in my lifetime, and I've met you know, especially in this industry, I've met some amazing people, but like, just like, even outside the industry, like you meet people like that, that like the, the circumstances of the, the reality that they're in right now, like doesn't really define them. Like, yes, was at the moment, was your dad making cigars out of, out of your family garage? And I'm in a garage right now. Like that's where my studio is. And I like, look around as you're telling the story and I'm like, it might've been the same size. It might've been smaller, but like, this isn't much space. And, you know, he sold a million cigars out of that thing. Like, it's just nuts. It's just crazy. And it's, you know, to go from that to now, like, vertical and total vertical integration. You guys have farms. You guys have infrastructure. Uh, what's the, the nick? If, if, am I understanding the nickname of the factory down in Nicaragua is El Monstro, right? I'm probably mispronouncing that. Is that correct? A month, yeah. So that's <laughs> it's eighty-eight thousand square meter huge facility it was at, at the time it was the biggest facility in, in all of us. It was it was the Taj Mahal. It was it was huge. And my dad, 
it was way too big for us. Way too big for us. You know, him and my grandfather they built that that factory. And um, but because my dad, he always was always looking ahead, man. It's not looking now. My dad built a factory way bigger than what we needed because he knew in his heart, he knew in his mind, he knew in his soul that we were gonna we were gonna be able to fill that factory up and potentially we're gonna outgrow that factory. And that's how that's how my dad's wired. That's how he's driven. He's always going to put the money on himself. He's always going to put his money on himself. He's done it from day one. He does it to this day. And it's just it's just the culture of our company. It's just push, 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 push some more. That's just what we do. So you, you said this a couple of minutes ago when you were saying how, like, you always wanted to be like your dad. Like, what – like, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but, like, was there a particular quality or something that you, like, were instantly attracted to, like – I know as sons, like we want to be like our fathers, but, and I can tell you why, what about my father? I mean, we could have a little exchange about this, but what was it about your dad that you're like, that's what I want to be like? I was his strength and not just, you know, physically strong. He was just, he was just so strong. My dad just, he just overcame and overcame obstacles. You know, I never saw, I mean, I saw my dad, you know, the only time I ever saw my dad really, breakdown was the death of my grandfather it was so unexpected but even then um just we had bad luck with certain things with a factory whether it was you know just you know death of my grandfather um you know employees took advantage things my dad just never he never he just always pushed and just said you know what this happened but i'm gonna push through and he just never quit he just kept pushing through and i met him really his strength and just watching my dad going man does this guy ever have a bad day? I remember as a kid just thinking, like, does he have a bad day? I mean, does he what what is his what is his kryptonite? What what you know, he just always pushes, pushes, always on the road, always in Nicaragua, always, always doing something. He just never stopped. And I just said, Man, I want to be like my dad. Look at just the, the strength that he has, the, the, the willpower, the, the determination. Just it's a it's a culmination. There's so many things there, but Really, just the motor, the strength. That's what I always admired. Really, one of the things I, I admire my dad. And outside of his integrity, his honesty, he's just going to tell you one way or another way, whether you like it or not. It's my dad. But mm-hmm. for for me, my father had this incredible, and I was ble- I'm blessed with it too. Had, had my dad had this incredible memory. Um. And we've talked about this and it's going to come up later in the show too, but now he's, he's, unfortunately he's become ill. He's suffering from uh, Alzheimer's and onset dementia and everything. And, but I know, thank you. Um, It's when that's the quality that you look at and now it's, it's, you know, just disappearing. It's just, it's just, it's gut wrenching. You, you, you don't wish it on your worst enemy. It's, it's terrible. Um, But the, but the way he was with people was just something that I was like, you know, like he never met a stranger and he, he always remembered people. We would run into people at restaurants and stuff. It's something that drives my wife, my wife absolutely bonkers is I I've, I have a similar quality too. I've met people over the years and stuff and we've been all over the world. We've done, we've traveled and, and stuff and, you know, nowhere near Texas and like, I'll run into somebody I know just happens and she it drives her freaking nuts man she, she just 
can't believe it. She's like, how the hell do you know somebody? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, my dad's excellent with names. That's his trademark. He'll remember people. He'll meet somebody, you know, he would have met somebody 10 years ago and he sees them 10 years later and he, he remembers people. It's, it's, uh, it's a gift. It really is. Yeah. He, um, I didn't think he would. It's, it's, it's funny, which I remember when a uh, long time, long time uh, member of the extended Perdomo family, uh, Dave Dietrich uh, passed away and, and he, y'all came into town and, and uh, that was, I think the, the, the second time that I had met him and, and, you know, I shook his hand, I told him I was sorry. And, and I was like, I know you don't remember. He's like, of course I remember you bear. And I was like, okay. <laughs> So yeah, no, it it it's uh I can I can I can definitely vouch for that. Um, I I wanted to I wanted to see if this and if I if I have the memory wrong, I do apologize, Nicholas. But I wanted to go back a little bit in your history too. I think it was I think you were maybe your last year of high school, maybe early college, but it was a moment when you were smoking. I think your parents had gone out of town and you would lit up a Perdomo Habano Presidente, and that's when you really started thinking about the business, right. And how you may be able to go into it. Is that, is that, is that right? Ringing any bells or am I completely off? And I apologize if I'm off. No, you actually brought me back to uh, a time where I was on my knees and I was praying to God to help me because the Perdomo Habano Presidente was a cigar that's seven by 56. It was a brand that I it was, I was in high school. I was in ninth or 10th grade. And I went out, I told my mom, I'll take out the trash. And I spoke to Perdomo Habano, Presidente, in 25 minutes. I came back and I, <laughs> I was crying, throwing up in the toilet because my mom never liked me smoking cigars. My dad, he, he didn't care less. He just didn't want me to do it because it would upset my mom. But I was always smoking cigars. But um, to, to be honest with you, um, it's all I've ever wanted to do. And all I can remember, what I really remember was, is being in our, our second location, our second factory in in Nicaragua, and that's the league. We we had it next to we, a, we, we lived in a boarding house where we would where my grandfather we would rent. And I remember just being in the office and seeing my dad and my grandfather talking. And I just as a kid, I just remember saying, "Wow, man, how cool is it that my dad gets to work with his dad?" And I would love to work with my dad. And I would love to work with my grandfather. Fortunately, I was I, I never was able to to work with my grandfather, but um, he taught me a lot and he gave me tremendous lessons uh, at a very young age and I miss him dearly to this day. Um, but it was always in my blood. It was always something that it's the only thing I really ever wanted to do. Um, I never had any aspirations to ever look uh, at, at, at another industry, uh, another job. Never, never since I can remember. Because it was so a part of so much a part of your identity when you're younger. I mean, like you had to have classmates, and then you and I know you went to you went to college as well. I mean, I mean, so many of your classmates probably just similar to mine. They just had no idea what they wanted to do with life, you know. And um, probably still don't some. <laughs> right, exactly. It having that goal, you know, so early on and everything and something to strive for, I mean, it had to give you such, such direction, which was really good, but like, you know, knowing your dad as you were, I, I know you knew it wasn't going to be handed to you. Like, 
where did you where did you see yourself starting before you eventually hopefully got to have the opportunity that your dad did, which was work with his right next to his, you know, his father and everything. Like, where did you see yourself starting and where did you actually end up starting with the company? Where he told me in the warehouse. <laughs> okay. That's where, that's where I, cause he always told me you're going to learn everything from the bottom up. And that's something that, you know, I look back and I thank God that he didn't put me in a desk that he didn't put me, um, you know, just in position because I'm just next kid. Um, I think everything where I'm at today, I've earned it. Um, and I'm just blessed that my dad was tough on me or is tough on me. Um, because I know that there's so much that goes into the business. There's so much that went into the business that my dad had to do things that I, I don't have to do because he did it. Um, and I have to really follow. I have to stay on the line and stay on the same wave, same wavelength that that he's on, that, that Arthur's on. Because um, at the end of the day, it's it's a it's a team game. It really is. This whole thing, it's a team game, and and every part we all have to be on the same page. Every part has to be spinning. The, you know, it's it's something that I'm thankful that I started at, at the bottom, really, and you know. There's, there's really no one who can tell me what this department does or this department or this because I've been a part of it. So I'm thankful my dad had me start years ago, you know, from the bottom, really. Did, did it – I mean, because you've, you've risen through the ranks. Again, you've done everything, and you've absolutely – and I'll, 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 I'll emphasize that too, Nicholas. I think, I think you have earned it. Um, because again, knowing your father like I do, and you knowing your father, he would never have put you in the position that you're in if you didn't think you were ready and if you weren't if you weren't capable of it. So I think that's I think that's evident that you've earned what you've done. But um, was there ever a time that it ever got? Did it ever? Did it ever frustrate you? Did you ever think of like, you know, did it ever become a grind for you, or was it always just a part of that puzzle of no, this is part of what's going to complete me of where I want to be. No, I knew I had to follow really the plan. Um, the only time I've ever gotten frustrated is because you know, at a young age, listen, married. I'm married. I have, a, I have a baby. And my whole thing is, is I want to do more because I just have such a fire inside of me. You know, I'm 30 years old. I want to do more physically. I'm, I'm able to do more. Um, you know, I just, I want, I, I, at this point in my life, I think, anything's sustainable um you know the, the bars are set high for my dad and i just want to reach as far as i can i just want to do as much as i can i want to do more more and more um but you know in terms of frustrated because of the things that my dad had me do i knew going in i was mentally prepared myself saying there's a reason there's a reason trust my dad trust dad there's a reason and i never got frustrated that way i was i just I wouldn't even say the word frustrated, but I just always want to do more because I believe in myself. I believe in our company. And um, I just have never been more motivated, especially at this, this stage in my life, this point, having a you know, married and having a daughter, a, a baby daughter, I've never been more motivated um, to do more. Ever. Yeah. I think that it, I mean, it's, it's evident in like projects like we're smoking here, which by the way, um, 
Pat uh, Jones is in the chat. Uh, one of y'all's uh, awesome uh, sales reps for my territory, actually, I think. Um, he was asking me what I thought of it. I said, this is the first experience. I was told him I was enjoying it, man. I have, this is, this is absolutely just stunning, stunning smoke. I mean, it's, I've smoked a ton of sun grown for cigars over the years, different lines, different brands, different blends. Enjoyed them all immensely. Um, this is absolutely stunning. Um, I, there's a, there's a sweetness to this sun grown that I would say sun, your sun grown isn't necessarily known for the double H brings it out, right. A little bit from that bourbon barrel, a little bit more because that extra aging in the barrel brings out it typically, but like other sun growns that have smoked from you don't have this, there's this sweetness in it. That's just really, really creamy, um, which I don't, you don't typically get in a sun grown, um, that oh man, it just this is this is everything I hoped for <laughs> and I wanted it to be, man. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Well, well actually sweet sungrown because sungrown wrappers usually give somewhat of a an earthiness, a little bit more of a cinnamon spice type of you know, this like type of flavor. But really this mm-hmm. cigar the way we, we we blend the filler tobaccos, utilizing tobaccos more from Jalapa, for example, um, which by more sweeter, aromatic type of tobaccos. We toned down some of the tobaccos from Esteli, which is how we were able to to, to accomplish exactly what you're saying. Uh, this isn't your normal sun-grown wrap cigar, Cuban seed sun-grown wrap cigar. This is a cigar that has, it does have that natural, that, that cinnamon spice flavor mm-hmm. off the wrap, but you get that nice finish towards the end. And to me, that's, that's, one of my favorite things in the world that's to me it, it's just it pairs so well together yeah. for, for me that baking spice that cinnamon that you're talking about is so prevalent in the aroma coming off the foot like i've been kind of wafting the, the smoke back into my face just so i can just so i can kind of experience it and that's where i'm getting some of that and that again that is something completely different like the, the sun-grown cigar a lot of the sun-grown cigars that i smoke from perdomo I love the aroma, but it's a spice. Typically, it's a spicy aroma. You can smell the pepper and like the leatherness to you know the, this kind of leathery, earthy component. That's that's very very alluring. But like, um, I think that that's one of the things that I really enjoy about Perdomo cigars overall is like the the they're just it, they're very vivid smokes. Like they're very for me they're very nostalgic. Um, I've smoked Perdomo cigars for, I mean, since I started smoking cigars pretty much. And like, there are so many times that I remember lighting up cigar, like lighting up Perdomo cigars. And so like, whenever I, I, I smoke one, it, it always takes me back to different moments and stuff. And, um, I, uh, I remember writing, lighting a Nick stick of all things, Nick stick, uh, um, outside, of my college dormitory back in college. And uh, I remember like someone asked me like what it was. I remember telling like this probably half, half-assed version of your family story. Cause I only knew whatever I read at the time, you know, which wasn't very, you know, the internet was, was around, but it wasn't as, it wasn't as full of stuff as it was then. But I remember rattling off some of your family history, even, or even as early as that, like that was 20 years ago, which is crazy to think about. So, <laughs> which is nuts. So, um, but this is, this is, this is wonderful. Thank you so much for this opportunity. 
Thank you. Uh, um, just a couple more things about the cigar too, and, and, and kind of going back to the trade show. So we talked about your dad's reaction and when he first saw it and your mother's as well. So um, what was her, like what, when she, I mean, cause she was the first time she saw it as well. Correct. I mean, was, were her feelings uh, pretty similar? They were. I mean, my mother, she's really into, you know, she loves things, you know, packaging, you know, things that, you know, purses she uses the closest. She's always looking at packaging. My mother's got great attention to detail. And so, you know, her also proving, of course, was a big deal because I think overall, I think women more so than men have such a better attention to detail to certain things, especially when it comes to packaging. And they notice things sometimes that we don't see. So it was cool seeing my, my mother, you know, approve as well, of course. Um, they were both shocked, to be quite honest with you. Um, they knew it was going to be special. But, man, I mean, listen, Bear, this is so cool being able to look at the cigar smoking with you on the show and seeing 30th anniversary. I, it feels like yesterday mm-hmm. we came to the anniversary. And um, just the art, just the just the, the colors, the golds, the powder full of the powdered golds, the, the holographic, just, I mean, it's just, this is awesome, man. This is great. This is the best. It is. I mean, 30 years, it represents, I mean, that's a, it's a representation of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know and I think that's what's, you know, when you were in high school dreaming about this day, not talking to me on a podcast, but <laughs> dreaming about the stays where you are, the company and everything. When you were in high school thinking about that, that's when these cigars were, you know, that's when these, these tobaccos were being grown. Yeah, you know? these were crops in 2008, you know, the latter part of, of seven, 2008. Um, I mean, incredible. I was, I just got my license. It was, it was cool. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, but again, going back to my dad, I mean, him buying tobacco for so many years, more inventory of tobaccos and growing tobacco more than we ever needed. Um, it just goes to show just the vision that my dad had and still has because he's always buying double, triple, for example, Connecticut wrappers. He's always growing double, triple, more uh, filler tobaccos that we need. Estelle, from Malapa, uh, from Condeva. Um, it's it's just it's just it's it's our company, it's our culture. It's just, it's my dad, um, and he just sees the future. And he sees things totally different. So uh, again, I'm I'm just really proud of him because we surprised him with the artwork. We surprised him with the blends. But if it wasn't for him, the cigars wouldn't exist. Plain and simple. Yeah, I know you. And, and I, yeah, I mean, you could tell you can you can absolutely that's and that's that's I think that's the magic of what your family has created because you can taste the fingerprints, you know, you can taste the fingerprints, you can see it too, and the design and everything and what you guys have built. It's 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 it's, it's quite the experience, and I and I know that you know we've got a lot of your the a lot of the Perdomo army is tuning in tonight, but you know for for people out there who want to you know, who, you know, aren't necessarily regular Perdomo cigar smokers. Like this is, this is a treat. This is something you need to treat yourself to. When, uh, when are they expected to be on the shelves? I know you guys are like, it's going to be an ongoing release, ongoing production, obviously, just like everything else that you guys do. Um, but I know you're releasing it to a limited amount of your top 
uh, top retailers at the uh, to, in the fir- at least the first couple of runs. When does that when does that happen? So we're looking at a fourth quarter release. Um, it's going to be around November. Um, we're looking to uh, that's that's the date, the target date, November. Um, we're looking. I mean, we initially released the brand seventy five customers. The reason for that is I we didn't just say hey we're just we're just going to sell seventy five customers. Based on the inventories of tobacco, again, utilizing 15-year age tobacco, I have to be able to build my inventories for the future. The mm-hmm. tobacco from the 10, from the 11, 12 crops, things like that. I have to, I have to be able to space this out so I don't run out of this of, of the blend. So really, what we're doing is, is we'll, this is the initial release, but we're initially releasing it to 75 accounts so that those accounts can continuously reorder the brand not have back orders so we can deliver. And so eventually, as we continue to increase our inventories of tobaccos, we're going to start to do a lot of brand to more customers because I don't want people to be upset at us. We're not playing a game. Uh, this is simply, I'm being as honest and transparent as possible. Um, our company is uh, because we have to protect this brand for the future because we know that this car, as you're smoking it, you know, it's one of the finest cigars in my opinion, the market that will be on the market. So we have to protect this brand and make sure that it's here for years to come. And so that was going to lead into my next question too. So like, obviously these are 15 years back. Cause you're, you're, you've talked a couple of times tonight about how, how much your father was able to put back over the years and, 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 and everything as well. So w- with it being going ongoing, obviously like, the initial 2007 2008 crop will run will run its course at some point but obviously there'll be 2008 2009 that kind of takes its place because it'll always kind of be that 15 year age run am, am, am i assuming if i'm assuming too much here please please correct this me time goes on, but you have to remember we're using tobaccos from the same even those it's from the same areas of the farm mm-hmm. everything's from the same seed the blends will stay consistent mm-hmm. But the but the flavors, the taste of tobaccos, they're going to be the same because they come from the same farms, from the same seeds. And over time, we're just building, which is going to continue to go through. But we have tobaccos that are literally put aside that are still aging, you know, 10, 11, 12-year-old tobaccos eventually will be part of this blend, but it's part of it. But the, they are from the same seed variety, from the same farms. So the consistency is going to be there. So the blend will literally never change. It's going to be the same. Yeah, it, it, I know we're bouncing around a lot, but just to go back and your your when you first started with the company, actually, this was I, I, if I remember correctly, I think the story was even older than that. I think you were you were still a kid at the time. You were working alongside your dad and grandfather at the time, and I remember he was talking to you about fermentation, how it needs to be correct. And how he would pull wrapper leaf out of pylones and show you by burning the hole and showing the yeah. combustion rate and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing is too is, is you know it's the Cuban way. You know, it's it's using your hands, using your eyes, your, your nose, you know, taste. Of course, the, you know, in terms of when the tobacco is red. Yeah, seeing in terms of wrap. That was a, a, when we when we use wrapper tobacco. But even today, we fall really when you. You have to actually use the leaf and wrap the leaf around. You can you can take a cigar and you can you can you know with, with the cherry of the cigar and, and put it up against the leaf and see how it see how it expands. But the truth of the matter is, today 
we don't even do that anymore. We actually wrap the leaf around a cigar and see how it smokes, see the burn, see the color of the ash, um, and so the combustibility overall. So, you know, but I was fortunate to, to see and have memories like what you said. I, I remember the, those times. So it was yeah. it, this is again taking me back and all my memories of it. I, and the, I can honestly say this, like, and it, and it's, the company is slim, right? I I can count on one hand, and it doesn't take that many fingers. And Perdomo cigars are one of them where I've never had, you know, knock on wood. I've never had it. I don't need to knock on wood because I've had so many of them, but <laughs> I've never had a poor experience like constructurally with the cigar or even flavor wise either too like because i again it's that consistency that we're talking about like it, the, the cigars draw perfect every time i know you guys draw test everything so that's going to happen the construction is always impeccable and um like i remember uh and i and i i saw i remember watching a video that your father did talking about when a cigar canoes like how to correct it or why that happens and he was talking about that too <laughs> I was. I remember watching that video and thinking, "I'm like, I've never had that experience with a Perdomo cigar." But, um, but I remember uh, one time smoking a Perdomo, and it was a, um, it was a uh, small batch. I remember those. God, those were good. Um, and I remember I, I didn't have. It was at my parents' house. I didn't have. I didn't have. If you could believe it or not, I didn't have a lighter. <laughs> so I was like, "Well, shit, I gotta light the cigar somehow." So. I literally ran in the house and my mom's probably going to see this later and she's probably going to hate me before it. But I remember running in the house and I turned the stove on. We had a gas stove and I, I lit that cigar so quick because I didn't want her to, to smell it or see it or anything like that. And I, I mean, I scorched that damn thing, man. And that was, I mean, one of the worst light jobs I've ever done on a cigar. And like, man, I, for the first like inch or so, man, it was so uneven. It was all user error on me, but I, I remember smoking it and i was like i'm not going back in i'm not going to try to fix it i'm just like i'm just going to ride this thing out and i remember how it 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 fixed itself and it ended up about the halfway point it started evening out and it was just one of the coolest things i'd ever seen in a cigar at that time you know it was pretty early on in my my career at least and uh it was it was a fun experience it was cool everything is um, attention to detail and and looking at how we tube the cigars from before we put when we put the tobacco in a bunch, um, just just how we train our rollers, our punchers. Uh, it's just and, and also too, my dad created you know literally eighteen different checkpoints before a cigar goes into a box. Cigars are all uh, always being touched, always being passed through draw testers, always being looked at. Because listen, there at the end of the day, the cigar it's got my last name on it. It has uh, my my family's last name on it, and 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 that's what you see. If the cigar doesn't burn right, if it doesn't taste right, you see my name. And you know, listen, it's a handmade product. Are there cigars, unfortunately, that might not be a hundred percent sure there are? But this is what makes this our industry so special because it's all handmade products. But overall, I think that my dad's done a tremendous job of creating a standard within our facilities in, in Esteli, Nicaragua, and just make sure quality is number one. That is the number one thing for us and always will be. And it's something that's been bought in by everyone. We've talked a lot about Arthur, for example, tonight. You know, like he, he's, a, of course, an extended part of the family. He's been with you guys for, 
you know, for almost 30 years. And, but I mean, a lot of people, I mean, uh, you guys pride yourselves on that. You know, the average employee of Perdomo is 20 years at this point, 21, 20 or 21 years, I think now, you know, of everything and that goes, and that's some of the people that you learned under, cause like, you know, after you got done with the warehouse and you started learning other parts of the business, you spent time down at the factory and what was it like working with Sarah Gonzalez and a couple of the other folks down there? What was that experience like? Tremendous. Uh, Sarah, it's like another grandmother to me. Um, God, there's no words I can say how much I love her. Um, just a special lady, tough lady. Um, there is no cigar maker in the world that I'll put money on it that can make a better cigar than Sarah Gonzalez. Um, she worked with me. She was tough on me because she loves me. Um, there is still tough love still exists. And I, that's, and you gotta have the, the perspective. I choose tough on me, but I knew, I knew she loved me and she wanted me really to understand the making of cigars, bunching, rolling cigars. And it was, it was tremendous. I mean, I remember my dad had her um, work with me, you know, for a couple of weeks when I was during the summer, when I was down there, I was like, I was there for four weeks and I made 50 cigars, bunched 50 cigars, passed the wrapper over 50 cigars. So I worked with her. I was about 13 years old. And so just not to make bars and sell them, it was just for me really to understand how to properly, you know, take the Lieberman machine, hold, hold the bunch together, take the, take the binder, make sure everything went once felt swoop and how to properly pass the wrapper, you know, the turns and everything. So she really gave me a lot of, she just, she really gave me a lot of confidence and really just gave me some tremendous teaching. Um, working with Aristides Garcia, uh, tobacco man, 90, just celebrated 92, 93 years uh, of age. He's been in the industry for several years. Um, just again, he was another guy who really took me for the things that my grandfather taught me. Unfortunately, his time was cut short on this earth. Aristides uh, really was able to show me about fermentation. Showed, showed me about, again, using the eyes, the nose, the, the hands, the mouth, the taste, the tobacco, um, you know, just wet case. I, I mean, everything. He literally, you know, just we have Despadillo, which, you know, we're going over different sizes of filler leaves, sacros, visos, ligeros, and just, I just, I, I, you know, listen, my dad, I showed an interest, no doubt about it, always, but my dad always put me different departments with different people. Miguel Rivera, our general manager, who I've known since I was five years old. Um, that was my grandfather's. That was our guy. That was his guy. And uh, he was he was the head of our packaging. I mean, just him just taking me through the different departments and, and, and learning everything because he's a guy who learned everything literally from the ground up. I'm, I'm just so blessed. When I look back at 30 years of business and 30 years of my life, um, I'm just so blessed to have had and to have um, the teachings, you know, from tremendous people who they're not, their last name's not Perdomo, but they treat the brand as if, as if, it, as if it was theirs. So for me, I'm all, I'm, I'm grateful forever to these individuals, but I've just, I'm just so blessed. That's, that's all I can really say about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it truly is a blessing. Like when you see, like when I had the opportunity to come to y'all's headquarters, you know, this past spring, and you know, I saw, you know, I saw, I saw a lot of Perdomos, but I saw a lot of people that weren't Perdomo. 
and the way that they carried themselves, the way that they talked to each other, like there, you could, you could feel the pride um, of everyone in that room. And it wasn't, there wasn't a shred of, uh, of insincerity amongst it, which was really great. And we've talked a lot about Arthur tonight and Arthur's in the chat and he wanted me to tell you how proud he was of you and uh, of all your accomplishments and everything. And, and, you know, I know you spent some time working under him too, and learning learning all the things that he he's learned over the years from your dad, as well. Um, and Arthur kids me all the time because I, I refer when I when I speak of Art when I speak to Arthur, I always refer to him as Mister Kemper. I know it drives him nuts, but <laughs> he's always. But that, I mean, that was something too for the longest time. You still you still uh, I remember uh, you saying in an interview once how you you would still refer to him as sir and you know he wasn't you know you weren't his equal you weren't his you know you weren't above him or anything you were still very much you know just because you were nick's son there was a lot of there was a lot of reverence to what arthur has done and, and does do for for the company he's he's i call him sensei uh many interviews i've called him sense um arthur's a special person he's a special human being He's a tremendous man, family man. Um, he's been an amazing uh, right hand to my father uh, for 20 plus years. And, uh, you know, Arthur has really um, taught me a lot. You know, he's one of the hardest working men um, that, I've, that I've ever seen in my life, along, you know, with my dad. Um, but one of the things that he taught me, and you can tell when you look at packaging, you know, from our, from our brands, Perdomo Cigars, is attention to detail. Um, you know, with Arthur, you never, when you do work, you never double check. You quadruple check. You always, it's, it's everything's about attention to detail, making sure everything's right. Um, and so he's always, uh, he's another one. He's, you know, my dad's always been tough on me. Arthur's always been tough on me. Um, and again, looking back, sometimes I, I might not understand, you know, in my mind, well, you know, man, my gosh, why is, but when I look back, when I take a step back, I go, it's because he cares, you know, it's because he cares and he wants to make sure that I do the right job for not only what my dad's built, but what he's built alongside my dad and for our company. Um, so, you know, looking, you know, he's a, an important piece that I'll always forever be grateful to, um, everything that he's taught me since I've known him, since I met him when I was, I was eight years old, seven years old when I met Art. as a little kid back in San Antonio in 1999 when he was wearing suspenders with his suit. <laughs> um, Nicholas, this has been so awesome talking to you about your, about your journey and your family's history and, I, I love, like I said before, I love going down this road because, you know, you know, for a lot of, for a lot of cigar smokers that have been smoking for as long as I have since, since I was 18, you know, you know, Perdomo cigars has always been one of those, those constants in our lives. That's been a part of, a part of my cigar smoking experience from almost virtually day one. And, you know, it's, you know, to have the opportunity to talk to him over the years, you know, and, uh, and now I just have this opportunity to talk to you about it. It's just, it is incredible. And I really appreciate the opportunity. 
Um, we're going to get to a little bit more of that here in just a second, but I, I want to take a quick break here. We're going to talk about some, we're going to have some of our fun segments. Um, and uh, of course, this next one is our uh, presidential trivia segment. Don't worry, as I warned you before, it's multiple choice. Uh, but our presidential trivia segment is always brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Van, distributors Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garoflo, the Firecracker, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron and now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united. Now, Nicholas, you're obviously the, the son of, of an icon in this business. Uh, so I chose a trivia question around first children. So uh, which president was the first and actually only executive to have a child while they were in the White House? Was it A, James K. Polk? B, Rutherford B. Hayes, or C, Warren G. Harding, or D, Grover Cleveland. So Polk, Hayes, Harding, or Cleveland? C. C, Warren G. Harding. No, I think uh, I think his children were already gonna were already in their, I think their early teens when he took office. But Grover Cleveland was actually the one, the only, he's the only president to ever have a child uh, while he was in office, which is crazy to think about. And out of, you know, 40, you know, 45 plus presidents and (laughs) he's the only one to ever have it. So his second daughter, Esther was actually, uh, um, um, was, was actually born, uh, actually born in the white house, believe it or not too. So that was, that's kind of cool. So, um, have you ever been? Have you ever been to the White House? I went. I was in front of the White House. I never went inside. Always wanted to go. What uh, was it? Part of like a school tour? Did like was it a family vacation or? Uh, we were on a family vacation. We were in Washington D.C. So Washington D.C. was where my dad was born. So we took my grandmother with us, and we did a tour. We went to the church where my grandparents were married. Uh, we went by the. We went. Through all the you know, Capitol building, White House, uh, Lincoln Memorial, um, Jefferson Memorial. So that was a pretty cool trip. But unfortunately, we weren't able to uh, to get into the White House. Let's see. One- I see. Yeah, I was gonna say one day. Um, I because yeah, that's right. Your your uh, your father spent some time in Maryland, right? Before they moved down, the family spent some time in Maryland before they moved down to Miami. Yeah. So my grandparents they were they they went to Washington D.C. And um, my dad was born there. My dad grew up. I think my dad was in Washington, D.C. up until two or three years old. And my dad lived and grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, moved to Miami in 1978. He was 13 years old. That's cool. Um, yeah, just to, I, I bet that was, that was pretty cool to go see some, you know, you know, so much of your family's history is obviously in, in in Cuba, like you said before that, the Canary Islands and Spain and everything. So, but to to have that small snippet of your family's history that's tied so much to our country, which I know your your father is a is a patriot too, which you know he he loves this country, um, which is one of my favorite favorite qualities that I love about him as well. So, um, that's cool that he's actually I I didn't realize he was actually born in D.C. That's cool. I didn't that's uh. That's that's a little piece of trivia I didn't know. Um, wh- which uh, which which place was your favorite that you visited in DC? Uh, I always loved the uh, the Lincoln Memorial. Mm. I think that's um, crap. Uh, totally fascinating. Yeah. Totally 
as walking up and seeing you know President Lincoln, you know, as, as tall as he is. I thought that was pretty incredible. I thought that was I think that place is really was really well done, well constructed, and it's a it's a real uh, it's a real tribute. He's my favorite president, so it, it you know it's naturally a place that I gravitate towards. So that's pretty cool that you like it as well. So well, awesome. Um, I know we got a little off track, but that was our uh, presidential trivia segment brought to you by United Cigars featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, the Firecracker, and now the highly ad- uh, acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united. Now, this next segment, we've, we've talked a little bit about it uh, in, in between the show, and, and I was when you, when you chose this, Nicholas, I was so pleased personally. Um, but you have obviously a, a reason for it as well. Every week I ask my guests to choose a nonprofit or charity of their choice uh, to feature a spotlight, to talk a little bit about raise some awareness. Uh, you know, I'm always, I'm always down for raising some money for charity. That's not the only reason for it. You know, we always want to just spotlight a great cause and uh, you chose the Alzheimer's association. Um, uh, obviously my audience is familiar with why that's uh, very important to me, but uh, there's a special reason why you chose it as well. Sure. Unfortunately, some family members, uh, close uh, family friends uh, have been affected that I know. Uh, my great-grandmother, Cornelia um, she she suffered from Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, my wife's uh, grandmother, she has Alzheimer's and dementia, suffering from. And my, uncle, my uncle Billy, uh, his mother-in-law, unfortunately passed and was no longer with us. She really had a, a terrible uh, suffered uh, terribly from Alzheimer's and dementia. So something that uh, it's a terrible disease. And I hope that enough money and really enough money and, and time and technology can one day, uh, you know, cure this. It's a terrible thing to lose. You Physically, your family members are with you, but, you know, mentally they're gone. It's a, it's a terrible thing. Yeah, I... You know, I mentioned this before, you know, with my own father and everything, it's, uh, it's, it's the worst It is the, you know, all diseases are terrible and all death is tragic. Um, there, and I, and I really mean what this, when I say this, like, I, I, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy or there, or anyone that they care about and dearly to, because to see, a man that I grew up with, you know, with his impeccable memory and recall and define him so much as a person and for that to be stripped away slowly, painfully to where, you know, he's a shell of the man that I grew up with and the man that I called father is, is, is absolutely, a, it's, it's, a, oh, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's gut wrenching. And the fact that you have so many people in your life, Nicholas, I'm so sorry that have that have suffered from it. It's it's it's, uh, it's so tragic, so tragic. Sorry with with everything you got to go through right now, Gary. You're, you'll be you're in my prayers. So. Oh, thank you. Um, it's a really great association, guys. Check it out. I put it in the chat. It'll be in the show notes later. It's a fantastic cause. Um, there's some there's some other great uh, Alzheimer's uh, uh, nonprofits out there as well. 
you know, if if you were so blessed to not know anyone or have been affected by this, I I, I just encourage you guys to click on the link and and, and get some education about it because it's uh, I think it's I think it's often misunderstood, uh, and I think it's until you experience it firsthand, like Nicholas and I have, unfortunately, with people close to us, you don't realize how terrible it really is, and um, um. You know, just uh, check it out, check it out, and uh, and uh, you know, if you feel called, give a little money, because uh, uh, if you know if they could find a cure one day, so that no one else has to go through what Nicholas and I have gone through, then that would be a huge blessing. <laughs> it would be awesome. So, um, let, what do you say we get onto some more cheerful stuff here? <laughs> uh, so this uh, this next segment is a little bit more learned about you, Nicholas. We talked about this. I call this segment this or that. It's pretty simple. I give you two choices. It's more rapid fire, um, okay. but, and uh, but I give you two choices, and you you pick one. So there's a couple of cigar things in here, a couple of other pop culture things, uh, a couple other just you know personal taste stuff and everything. And so, uh, um, well, here we go. So uh, the first one is Tears for Fears or In Excess. Fears for fears. Just ask who. I, I knew there was personal favorite. In excess is one of his personal favorite. He loves Tear for Fears too, but like in excess is one of his. So I threw that one that one. This was definitely a for coop question. So you better take um, tears for fears or in excess. I'll tell him that. <laughs> um spring sting or sting? Sting. All day. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was not expecting that one. What's what where do you like sting over the boss? I want to offend people. For <laughs> talent, I, I think he has a good voice. Okay. Think, yeah. All right. Cool. One more music one. Here we go. Eric Clapton or Bon Jovi? Oh, come on, Eric Clapton. I, there's something I love. I, I think Bon Jovi. I think is a better entertainer, but musically talented Eric Clapton. I prefer Eric Clapton to myself. Talent, but, yes. Talent, uh, talent, thousand percent. I think Bon Jovi is a great entertainer, though. I really do like him as an entertainer. So, um, all right. Um, to cigars now. Okay. okay. I know you, I know you like the sun grown. I know you like Connecticut. I know you like Maduro. I know you like everything Perdomo, but Connecticut or Maduro wrapper. Yes. <laughs> this is one of those no comment ones, right? Okay. Awesome. No, just no depends comment. on the time. It <laughs> just depends on the time of day. I really do love them both. I really yeah. do. I really do. I mean, if I had, to, if I was on an island, I would take Connecticut. Do, do you? Uh, so, like, a lot of people say they start with. I, I love a good Connecticut cigar in the morning, but I also love a good Maduro uh, as well. Like, is do you do you have a preference in the morning? Like, which one you which one you prefer? I prefer either. But I mean, if I was stuck on an island and I had only one cigar to pick, I would pick Connecticut. But by that much. Um, yeah, I, there, the, um, the, uh, the double age Maduro, uh, 12 year Maduro is, is my least favorite of the three, but there's something about that cigar with, with coffee. And you would think that they're too closely like related that there's like, it, like kind of like they pair well together, obviously. Cause I think there's some similarities there, but there's something about that double age Maduro that really like crushes the acidity in coffee for me in a really good way 
And that's why yeah. I really like it. And that cigar, that wrapper, there was just such a natural sweetness. I mean, Maduro in Spanish, right. And there is that wrapper. And for me, in that blend, I, I love all the sides, but my favorite, I love the Gordo Extra, six and a half by 60. To me, that cigar, that, that cigar just, I can smoke that in the morning, I can smoke in the evening. I mean, I'm just so used to our cigars in terms of the tobaccos, using the grab and tobaccos. We can't make mild cigars. Um, our cigars are medium plus at, at the least, um, in my opinion. Um, but I think that our cigars, because we use such well-aged tobaccos overall, and our cigars are so balanced, I think it's like a fine, I think it's like a fine whiskey, a fine scotch, or a fine bourbon, where you don't, it's not just, it's not bitter, it's not, you know, there's not a punch in the face. It's just, it's just smooth, and I think that's how all cigars really should be, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it makes it so special. The uh, would you say that the 10th anniversary champagne is is the mildest cigar in the portfolio? No. no. Which one do you think it is? Well, I mean, I think our Perdomo Fresco, which is a bundle product, that's our mildest cigar. Um, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that would be the most mild cigar. Uh, but in terms of a box cigar, I would say our Perdomo Lot 23. I would say it's a lighter, lighter type of cigar, a little thinner ring gauge. Uh, 50 ring gauge. I would say it's a little lighter. I remember the the crap series, Connecticut was for me was probably from in my experience in my pal. I think it was the mildest cigar. I didn't think about their frescoes though. That that changes that changes my answer now. But until you said fresco, the craft series Connecticut was probably the mildest cigar that you guys ever made for me. It was real buttery. I remember it really being like this extra buttery, very like and mild. It was. I, I kind of equi- it didn't have that corny flavor, but it was almost like that buttered popcorn without the popcorn flavor. I know that makes no sense whatsoever to people who are listening, but <laughs> but it was that kind of creaminess and very mild and delicate that I remembered about it. So um, haven't had one for years. Um, you worked on I know one of the first projects you worked on was the Factory Tour series, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah going back. Well, really, one of the, I mean, that was one, that was a cigar I was part of Arthur in terms of, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a fun, it was back in 2015, I believe. We were, we went to the printing, we had a printer in, in Orlando, uh, Action Label. We were working with the graphic artists, and I was, you know, I was you know, in my early 20s, and just working that with Arthur, that was such a special experience, him and I, um, being able to work together and with the printers and, the, and, and their graphics department. Uh, it, was, it was a cool experience. I, I love some of this, this, the Perdomo swag that you guys create, the Perdomo army t-shirt that you're wearing, um, the, the, the lighters and everything. And so when it comes to lighters, I know your father's preference, but what's yours? Do you like a quad lighter or do you like le- less flames? I really have no preference to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I like, I mean, if there's no wind, I, I like a, I like a soft, soft flame, you know, soft flame lighter. Okay. You know, that's, that's what I, that's what I prefer, you know, but I mean, in all honesty, I really have no preference. Awesome. How long have you had that line too? When you just looked, there's one that you just showed. Uh, I think about a year ago. Oh, okay. So not too yeah, long. This- 
pretty cool. And this one, uh, it opens up and it goes oh, yeah. in. Oh, goes, oh, yeah, you have the duel. Yeah, nice. That's, cool. that's, that's an heirloom piece, man. You're going to give that to your daughter one day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, so. I, I know you. I know you uh, love. I know you like college football. So a home game here. This this might be the toughest question. A home game at Alabama or the U. The U. What's it? What what is it about that environment? I'm I'm a Kane fan. That's my that's my team. Um, I went to I graduated from the University of Miami, and uh, just some of the special most special moments of my life was watching the University of Miami dominate college football. Um, you know, I was a kid going to the Orange Bowl, um, which the hard rock here in Miami is the Orange Bowl. It doesn't rock like the Orange Bowl used to, but I just have such great memories of my dad going to Little Havana and watching the University of Miami smack everybody in the face, and uh, hopefully we come back. But I think we got a good coach now. Man, well, you were – I guess you were 9 or 10 years old during that, that infamous 2001 year where that – I mean, that team was just stacked – Saw a stat today that if the team never scored a point on offense. They would have gone eight and four. Just yeah, they, I saw that too. I saw that too when I was, I was and it, it, that's what brought up the question, honestly, because um, I was thinking about this or that questions, and I saw, I saw this. I think we saw the same video on social media. It was like, yeah, if they never, if they had never scored an offensive point, they would have gone eight and four because their defense and special yeah. teams was just so dominant. I never, sick. I never saw a team like that. I probably never will see a team like that ever again. I, it was. Special. I don't think you will. 17, 17 first round picks on that team. 17 yep. of those players went in the first round. That's unreal. Yep. It was incredible. The the talent that was on there, like uh who's it? Um Ed Ed Reed was a backup in 01. That's no, scary. Uh, John Taylor was a backup. John Taylor was the backup to Ed Reed. That's right. Yeah. Fourth string. Yeah, there was. Some crazy. <laughs> crazy. Uh, Gulf Fork was a backup. Yeah, it was it was crazy. They were, they were unbelievable teams. I I love I love the Frank Gorstak because Frank you know was still playing last season pretty much and like <laughs> that guy was Iron Horse man, unbelievable. The Iron Horse. That guy blew out both his knees. He was uh, he was a special player, speed and power. Yeah. Fun crazy. So, uh, uh, your your dad's trademark and something that he passed on to every like every event, every rep, every person that goes that does a Perdomo event. You guys are always, you know, PCA. You guys are always in your your suit and tie and everything. So, um, but as far as your preference goes, would you rather do the suit with a tie or without a tie? With a tie. Always with a tie. With a tie. I mean, sometimes uh, depending if I'm outside or you know if I'm doing an event or if I'm if it's outdoors and hot, I mean, I'll, I'll do an open collar. Um, do you uh, what kind of knot do you do? Do you double Windsor or Windsor or what, what's what's the go-to? Windsor or double Windsor, depending on the collar. If it's spread collar, double Windsor. If not, a single Windsor. Have you ever worn another tie? Have you ever done? Have you ever tried the bow tie out or anything? I did it. The, the, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> it, did, it didn't work. Oh, man. I, they, somebody was like, oh, yeah, you got to tie your own bow tie. I went on YouTube. I was there for about two hours. I was going nuts. I had a charity dinner I had to do, and I found the, the guy I met. I said, hey, man, 
you got to tie a bow tie. He's like, yeah. I said, tie this thing for me, please. I've been fighting for two hours. <laughs> I think it was terrible. Pennsylvania. Never again. So you're born and raised in Miami. So you've grown up around the beach and around the, you know, obviously around the tropics, you know, Central America, your travels and stuff like that. So when you go on vacation, do you, do you, do you want the beach or do you, would you rather go to like the mountains and maybe skiing or like a nice lodge with fire? I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, depends. I mean, you know, Nicaragua, for example, I went to a really beautiful beach. I mean, even though I have the beach here, my parents live on the beach. Um, like I went to the beach in, in Nicaragua in an area called Tola and it was absolutely beautiful. The mountains and everything. It looked like you were, it almost felt like you're in Southern California. Um, it was, it was absolutely gorgeous. Um, and you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in between. I, I mean, I could do either or I'm pretty open when it comes to, uh, when it comes to that. Nice. All right. Last one, video games or reading a book reading a book do you are you do you consider yourself well read do you read a lot no what's the last book you read though i've read uh winston churchill's autobiography all right it's a good one man yeah unbelievable life that guy's that's crazy and not just the cigar part. I mean, that's that's a cool that's a cool anecdote and like that man's rich history. It's cool. Yeah. So awesome. All right. Well, this takes us into our segment of called Everybody Eats, sponsored by Postani Cigars. It's all if you always make sure that your servant's towel is bigger than your appetite, everybody will always get theirs. Postani Cigars is more than just great cigars made by cool people. They embody an attitude of grit and gratitude. With Postania, everybody eats. Um, I had the opportunity of being down there at the headquarters. I, I, you guys, I guess, do this reg- pretty le- regularly. I had some of the f- famous hot dogs that you guys serve, and some, it was fantastic. So I, I know, I know you guys, and I think it was a, around St. Patrick's Day too. And I think your your mom put on a really great St. Patrick's Day spread and everything as well. She was talking about it with us. So I know, I know that uh, the f- food is a is a pretty cool part of of your. F- family and and uh you guys always go uh, go all out and everything so um what's a i i i've i keep going back to this i have like three questions in this category but i keep going back to this one though because i think it's i think it's just fun what is a food or dish that you love that you wouldn't have tried if you hadn't been offered or forced to by someone else escargot okay i love escargot it's fantastic <laughs> where who who made you try it or where did you try it for the first time? Do you my remember? dad, my dad told me, "Hey, try this." We were at a we were on a Carnival cruise line, um, and I must have been nine years old. It was early two thousands, and we were we were sitting. He goes, "Try this." It was escargot. I loved it so much. I ordered like three. I mean, it had like the little it was like a little bowl that had holes yeah. in it. Yeah, the plate. Yeah, with the with the. And this is unbelievable. And my sister's like, oh, it's snails. Like, well, I don't care. This is delicious. I probably <laughs> had to have tried it, but it was, it was delicious. I remember my dad said, you try this, you'll love it. And I did. Yeah, man, the French try to do that, man. Just put enough bar- garlic and butter on anything. It tastes fantastic. And snails are no different. It's so good. It's put garlic so good. on a shoe and I'll eat it. It's fantastic. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, that was our Everybody Eats segments uh, brought to you by Pastadio Cigars. Escargot is the go-to dish. Nice. Nice. 
Have you gotten your Have you gotten your wife to try it? Yes. What'd she think? She liked it, but she'll say that she doesn't. But she actually did. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Just a couple more questions here, Nicholas. Before we conclude our evening, and I just I thank you so much for this opportunity to to speak with you tonight. This has been such a tremendous awesome. honor for me. Um, this is a a segment that I think is. I'm really anxious to hear your answer because I, I think there's probably some pretty cool moments that you've experienced like this over your lifetime. But it's uh, our next segment is brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for Asylum Cigars. So light up an asylum and choose your refuge. You know, Nicholas, we've been talking a lot about tonight about the about family and community and, and what your cigars have cultivated over the years and what your dad has cultivated over the years with his history. And, you know, Perdomo cigars are best enjoyed with people, people that you love. You know, we get to enjoy them all the time. And it's usually in a cigar lounge or maybe it's with a few buddies in the backyard or, you know, family events, celebrating a wedding, anniversary, birth of a child, things like that. Um but every so often we get the opportunity to smoke a cigar by ourselves and nothing else going on. You know, maybe it's to celebrate something. Maybe it's for something a little less gravitas, but you know, it's great to have those moments and you've probably had a couple in your lifetime. Can you remember a moment where you had a cigar like that? What was the cigar you were smoking? If you can remember, and if not, that's fine. And what was that moment about? I remember it was probably 2013 10 years ago, I was smoking uh, when we came out with uh, a Corona Grande size, the 20th anniversary sunroom. Um, I remember I was, I had an apartment at Coral Gables when I was at the University of Miami. And I was, I, I still remember I'm smoking this bar and I said, man, just the flavor, the aroma, uh, just the quality of the cigar. I mean, I remember just thinking, man, my, my family or company, we really, we really made it. Like I said, man, better than this, you know, and I just remember thinking, I was thinking of my grandfather and his beautiful memories and, you know, Nicaragua, you know, just my family and just, it was, I remember I was by myself, I had music playing and I just said, man, this is like, it was, it was a special, it was a special moment. I just, I was by myself, I had class the next day and I just, it was just like, man, this is like therapy, you know, it was just special, special. It, it's bringing back memories to me. I mean, in college, man, I remember, you know, when my fr my freshman and sophomore year, I smoked a lot with the guys, and I remember introducing a lot of people to cigars because I was just captivated by them and shared a lot of cigars with guys over the first couple of years. But I remember, like, my junior and senior year, like, I really enjoyed those moments, like, outside my dorm, just like, especially the night before a big test or something like that, and just really like lighting up a cigar and just really enjoying that moment for myself. And it was, like you said, it was like therapy. It really, you know, it got me to focus. It got me to like wipe away stress, you know, and just it, 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 it meant those times meant so much to me, even like, even though I was by myself and everything, just because, you know, it, I think it represented what, what cigars really are capable of, you know, um, they bring a lot of people together. Sure. But even, you know, in our most stressed part of our lives, they, they really keep us, they keep, they keep us grounded. They keep us sane. It's really, it, they're really fantastic. 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, it's it's the cheapest way to get therapy in my opinion. I mean, cigar takes your minds off mind off things, and you just really gives you a chance to, especially when you're by yourself. You know, I, I can really enjoy the cigar. I mean, there's nothing like sitting with my dad. Um, I'm sitting with my father and all good friends and you know sitting over a good cigar a good a good cocktail uh, there's nothing like that but sometimes when you're by yourself and you really can think about the cigar you really whether i'm looking at new cigars whether i want to blend something for the future things like that really able to you know really think more really take notes down and whether i write it down or in my mind you know about the cigar what i want or you know this is perfect or i need this do i want more you know, whatever the case is. So, you know, it's, I like smoking by myself too. Yeah. Uh, that was another memory for me too, when I was at your headquarters early this spring and stuff. And I, I walked into the office area where your desk is and there are a bunch of other people there, obviously. And they were all, you know, everyone was of course always, everyone was smoking. And like, I remember taking a little snapshot picture of it because I remember thinking just like how happy everybody was. And, you know, I don't know what was like, I know you guys were celebrating something else that day. Um, and, but like at the same time, what was really cool about it was just like, they, you know, they, it's work. Right. I mean, so there's like, they have their own, you know, stressful things that they're probably focusing on and things like that and projects that they're working on, including yourself. And, but just how like genuinely happy that they were and like, and, and the cigars were obviously a part of that. And it was, it was just, you know, it was a really cool snapshot for me. Cause I'm like, Hey, here are the, here are the people that make these cigars that I love and they're enjoying it as much as I am. And that's really cool for me. Yeah. We have a great environment in Miami and we all get along and uh, we, have, we have a good time too. We sell a lot of cigars and uh by service uh you know distribution center uh, but everybody gets along we have a great time and uh it's fun when you sell a lot of cigars too so yeah well and i think that was evident too like how well you guys got along and like like it wasn't nothing was like forced you know or anything like that there wasn't like you know in any office in in the world you know there's always like those one or two people that you know people don't like but you just never got that vibe like it was great like you guys just all really meshed well together and it was just it was it was it was a family it really was it was not just a business it was a family and that's i think that's like you said part of the culture you guys have cultivated no doubt about it no doubt about it here. so um so th there was something else i was going to bring up here um but the, it's escaping me and it's so obviously it probably wasn't too important but but we'll go ahead and go uh, we'll wrap up our evening of course and this is our last question of the night so uh without further ado our next and final segment is brought to you by dunbarton tobacco and trust it's our curveball segment yes fastballs or curveballs it doesn't matter since the company's inception steve sock has been knocking around the park eight consecutive years in the consensus top three congratulations to our good friend mr steve Saka. so I think I want to, I, I told you before the show, I said, I hope I got the math right. Okay. But if I'm wrong, my profound apologies to your father. So, but here we are smoking the 30th anniversary. Um, and I, 
I'm refusing to put this down because I'm enjoying it so much. <laughs> so, uh, but 30 years from now, God, you know, God willing, I'll be smoking the 60th anniversary with you. I think that would be really cool. Uh, 60th anniversary cigar. But in the, in 30 years, your father will be 88, if I'm correct. Correct. Okay, I did the math right. Good. All right. What do you think? I'm going to go back. This is going to be a two-part question. We're going to ask the, 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 the trivial one, which is what's going to be the same. But what's going to be different about Perdomo cigars in 30 years? 30 years, I think, um, I think technologically, I think there are going to be things um, that improve efficiency, whether it's with tobacco, uh, whether it's our operations overall in Nicaragua, our operations here in Florida and Miami. Um, I think the biggest thing is probably technology. One of the things that you know, we have to embrace, and, and I think this comes from my dad's military background, is when he always explained to me is that training was learning to adapt, to adapt to change. And I think one of the biggest things that we have to do as a company, and because my dad set this culture of not just changing just for the sake of change, but changing for the better. And I think that we embrace change as a company because if it's going to make us more efficient and things will make us better, um, we're going to change as much we're going to change always because we want to continue better. The day that we stop changing and in order to be more efficient or in order to make the processes more efficient as a company is the day that, you know, it's going to be, it's not going to be good for us. So I think overall to answer your question, 30 years, I think the biggest thing is it's going to be technology, how to make tobacco maybe potentially better in terms of, uh, you know, more consistent in terms of farming, um, probably things, you know, that could say, you know, in terms of, you know, viruses, forest virus, different things uh, that, you know, maybe seeds. I mean, there's, there's a million things to think about, but I would say it has to be technology, you know, that's, I think technologically will be a totally different company. And I, I hope that, cause I know things are starting to go in terms of other industries there's, there's a lot less face-to-face because of technology today. But I hope that our industry, which is not only just the, hand, the handshake industry, you know, face-to-face, but, you know, we it's a hugging industry. Everybody hugs each other when you see each other. I hope that never goes away. I hope it, it always stays personal. Yeah, me too. I think that's something that I, I hope to see over the next 30 years is just how that part won't change because that, it's still very that's still very that's almost that's foreign now you know you know especially in today's fast-paced world and everything you know you, you, you kind of talked about efficiency there and that's i mean that's that's kind of exciting to think about because this is something we've never we had we didn't we certainly didn't touch on tonight until now um and i don't think i've ever touched on it with your father but i know that he's been in, incredibly involved in the innovation of, in terms of agriculture and farming down in nicaragua like uh from my understanding too like the even the way that you guys plant seedlings was it was basically an invention by him you know uh using i, I don't want to butcher it but but basically i've heard it's basically like 
using both using manpower and also using the tractor essentially to 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 plant more efficiently and consistently and everything um um, I'm doing a terrible justice describing this, but I've heard about it and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I hope to see it in person one day soon. Um, just how awesome that is. But I mean, he's done a lot of innovation when it comes to like agriculture too. And I'm, I'm sure at the factory as well, it's kind of been pretty similar too. My dad is a farmer. He really is. And I got to give my dad credit. Uh, we've been planting tobacco. We started the latter part of 99, 2000. And when my dad invests in something, He's not only just putting the money to do it, he invests himself. And that's something that I've learned as well from my dad, where when you're going to do something, you got to do it yourself. Um, there, when it comes to agronomy, when it comes to just tobacco, when it comes to farming, um, my dad's an agronomist without an agronomy diploma from a, from a university. And he probably knows more than any of those guys, to be quite honest with you, not just because he's my dad, but it's the truth never seen someone invest himself in tobacco in terms of farming like my dad just never seen it before he literally knows everything when it comes to pH levels when it comes to the nutrients within the grounds phosphorus boron potassium nitrogen the levels for farm within the lots within the farms the different zones it's just it's just incredible his 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 experience but he's still always learning even to this day after he's made it and it's just it's unbelievable my dad's mindset is is that i'm behind and i gotta and i gotta keep pushing forward because i gotta get in front and he's not behind that's just his mindset that's that's something i also admire yeah i it's it's really cool to hear him talk about a lot of these things. And I know like the conversations that I've had with him have been really rich and, and educational. And I know he's been pushing me to get down there and I really want to see all his facilities down there. Cause I know it'll be, yeah, I know I'm just going to nerd out and I'm going to have a freaking fantastic time. Um, I I'm going to fill, fill, I'm going to fill notebooks with notes. <laughs> it's going to, I think you'll stay. Probably <laughs> my kids wouldn't like that too much, but um, I, I, I've said this to a couple of people over the, over the last few years, we've had some people in this industry who've had like yourself have, have had children and, and fatherhood looks great on you, Nicholas. It really does. Um, but as, as great as fatherhood looks on you, grandfathership looks amazing on your father. He it, it's, it's brought off this youthful, youthful side in him. He, he, he looks and feels 20 years younger, man. Like he could do this for another, for another, forget another 30 years for another 60. I mean, do you think in 30 years or are you still working side by side with him? Is he still, is he still doing everything he's doing today? You think? 100%. My dad will work until the day he's no longer on this earth. In my opinion, my mom will try to pull him back. Um, you know, family will try to pull him back. I'm not me. I don't want my dad to ever leave, but um, he, he'll never stop. It's just, I think the day that my dad stops working, you got to really think, especially when it comes to the brain, which is the most powerful thing in our body, to be honest with you. My dad's been an air traffic controller, one of the most, you know, mentally, I don't know if you use the word stimulating, but always using your mind and becoming a business owner. And, and, and running factories of, you know, overseas and distribution in Miami and sales and, and everything. And 
tons of different departments within a business to go from 100 miles an hour to zero, it'll never happen. Um, maybe could you slow down? Maybe a little bit, but I never see it happening. Yeah. Um, I, I figured that was going to be the answer and I hope to see it. Cause that'd be, that'd be truly fantastic. Um, what I, I think I kind of just led the witness here a little bit when I was asking this, what's going to be the same in 30 years, what's going to be the same in Perdomo cigars? Family, family, you know, we, 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 we categorize our industry from boutique, you know, small boutique companies to big companies. There's, there's third segments, family companies. And when you really look at the industry today, you look at the top selling brands within retail stores or family run companies and Perdomo Cigars is always going to be a family-run company. And to me, that's what makes us special. Um, that's what makes this industry special. Um, but in 30 years, we're going to be a family-run company. And I'm hoping and praying that my daughter will be next to me and her grandfather. So that's something I, I hope and I pray for. That'd and be awesome. One day her, or one day her, her other sibling, uh, you know, when the time comes, be involved as well with with their grandfather. I'll end the show with this note, Nicholas. We talked earlier about, you know, with the passing of your grandfather, you said it was like the, one of the only times that you ever saw your father emotional. And it was, um, I, I was particularly moved by the, the hand hand rolled the documentary that, uh, that Jesse Marriott and Steve Garabine did. And your, your father was featured prominently throughout the, uh, throughout the documentary. And, there was a moment I, I cried a lot through that through the documentary because there were a lot of moving moments and powerful moments, but nothing I, I, I didn't cry and I think made me cry more than when I saw your dad tear up talking about your grandfather. Uh and because he was he was getting emotional too. And it, I I I I'm not ashamed to say I I, I cried <laughs> I cried like a child because I I I I I know enough about your dad that he is he's a tough and strong individual and he's he's literally pulled and pulled himself up by his bootstraps to build this incredible family business that we've been talking about all night and the, the honor and, and, and dedication that he's put in and, and the credit that he attributes to your, to your grandfather for that hard work is, you know, you know, it's, it's vivid and it's present every second of every day. You can tell, every conversation I've ever had with him, you can tell. And so it was particularly moving for me. Um, and just because of my own close relationship with my father too. And so it was a very, it was a very moving moment for me. So that I wanted to end uh, our, our, our show on that note, just how, how essential and how beautiful your family is and what they've brought to this industry that I love and am blessed to be a part of. And I, I can't thank you enough for tonight. And, Thank you for your life's work, your father's life's work, your grandfather's life's work, and your great grandfather's life's work. Uh, it's 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 brought a it's brought a beautiful thing. Eric, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for the kind words, and, and really, this was so much fun, man. I mean, not even for an interview, but if you ever want to zoom and have a cigar over the covers, call. Well, let me know. This was a great time. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Um, speaking. You know, in front of your viewers and uh it's an honor for me and a privilege to be able to talk about my family talk about our company um the past the present the future um, there's big things in store for our company uh, there's projects for the future um, and you know the whole thing is is that 
I, it's my responsibility and I owe my family everything that I have for everything that they've given me. And there's nothing more that I want to do as a younger member, as one of the younger members of, of our family, for the next generation. There's nothing more that I want to do than um, make my father proud and up in heaven, make my great grandfather, my grandfather very proud as well. Um, I owe it. Your mother's been in the chat all night and she says it's time to go to bed because you have work in the morning. So do I. Thank you. But if you got if you got anything left, Nicholas, I'm going to uh, hold up my glass and we're going to cheer. Uh, we're going to celebrate and toast to the 30 year, 30 plus years of Perdomo cigars. Uh, here's to the next 30 and beyond. Congratulations, Nicholas. Cheers. Thank you, my friend. Cheers. Sir. For everyone out there. Keep those likes, shares, and comments. Keep them coming. We'll be uh, we'll be uh, posting this video later on our YouTube channel, Lolosa Fumar. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You can tune in every Sunday night for a live broadcast of our show. Our 259th take will be next week. Uh, you can see who's going to be our upcoming guests later this week, as well as upcoming guests uh, for the next couple of months as well. We've got some great shows planned for you. Definitely want to check those out. Keep those likes, shares, and comments coming. If you're listening to us later, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts, including iHeartRadio, do me a favor. Be sure to download, subscribe, and review. And if you already are a subscriber, do me a favor, hit unsubscribe. But don't forget to hit resubscribe because that actually helps my numbers and allows me to get great guests like Nicholas whenever I want. So please do that. So uh, without further ado, that's the end of tonight's show. Uh, I'm Barry Duplessis, live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. He's Nicholas Perdomo III. I'm Barry Duplessis, and guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.